live from the next cast Fanthropological Institute. We kick off season six by talking about fans of creepypasta. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fanthropological. It's season six. It's 2018. It's a new year, and it's the same three Nicks. Today, we are talking about fans of Creepypasta, and here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. See, I was going to make a joke about this is the year that we get a black president, but based on what you said, that just comes across as being racist right now. And also, it has nothing to do with Creepypasta, so... uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, just imagine that I'm Slenderman or something. <laughs> uh, uh. And Nick Z. Everybody look behind you right now. It's the faceless old woman who lives in your closet. Uh, no, it's just me. I'm really <laughs> glad we live in an old house that doesn't have closets. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> <laughs> I got a closet, but I can, can mostly just see packed up Christmas decorations at this point. The horror the horror wait you've packed up christmas decorations yeah it's the middle oh, of january <laughs> i we're we're a bit behind over here before we get into creepypasta t had the opportunity to go to well it has to be the first con of the con season because it happened like <laughs> a week a week into 2018 for the first time ever you went to magfest yes i went to super magfest because i guess there's a difference between oh. a bunch of them pardon me does it have twice as many bits uh yes it has exactly <laughs> twice as many bits so i'm going to go into more detail on a con report that's actually going to be released later this week and if you're not watching this on twitch it's already out so you should go to youtube.com slash the next cast and go take a look at it uh but to like sum it up it was really cool to go to a convention that wasn't focused either broadly on geekdom or broadly on like anime turns out we go to a lot of those uh it was very focused on games it was very focused on music and not just in a I like music sense, in the sense where there was actual panels that you could go to where you could learn stuff. I know there are panels that do that in general, but there's like, I'm just going to touch on this, this concept called Mages, which is MAGFest Educational Symposium. Ooh. Yeah. And so those were like, those were rooms where they would record panels that were going on that you could watch them. It was a really cool event. Uh, I think, G, you would really like it for the musical part. Z, you would really like it for the gaming part. And there's just like, there's so much going on. I would highly recommend it to anyone who happens to have the cash uh, to make it to that part of the United States in the crappy parts of the year. Don't destroy yourself on New Year's and you may get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I, just come on down we, to Magnus. We made it work. I guess, I guess you got a week, right? Yeah, like three, four days, depending yeah. on yeah. the year. In some years, I yeah. imagine it is like that weekend. Oh, dang. Well, Oof. probably worth it from the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's the same hotel as Katsukon, which is a big anime convention in the States. So, oh. it's a beautiful hotel. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. And it was, where was it, sorry? Uh, it is in National Harbor, Maryland, Okay, which is really close to Washington, D.C. Apparently, they call it the DMV, which stands for D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Huh. Because huh. it's like this tight little circle where the three parts intersect. Oh, fun. And there are long lineups to get in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's yeah, that's the thing. Sure, yeah, fine, whatever. Yep. 
I mean, things you learn from cab drivers. Yeah. That's right. But we are not talking about MAGFest today. Unfortunately, no. No. I mean, watch the video or whatever. We are talking about Creepypasta, and as we usually do with every episode of every season, uh, I'm going to start us off with some facts to try to get us kind of thinking about Creepypasta in this particular case, and also, in case you didn't know what it was, to give you a background on that. I apologize in advance because this week was difficult in a number of ways to do the research. It was difficult because it was uncomfortable, which is what I expected. But it was also difficult because, and I'm sure we'll get around to this as well, the fandom is very loose. Mm -hmm. But we'll come back to that later and I'll start with some history and origins of Creepypasta. So, uh, if you didn't know what Creepypasta was, Creepypasta is a kind of online horror fiction that crosses over many different fandoms. Uh, and it takes its name from the internet term copypasta, where something is like copied and pasted across many different websites. Uh, it's kind of like a chain letter, except on the internet. Uh, creepypasta comes in many different forms. Uh, some that you might have heard of, incidentally, are the famous lost episodes myths. So you might have heard of the uh, Simpsons dead Bart episode. Yeah. Creepy to think about. <clears throat> uh, or, for example, like Squidward's suicide. It can also take the form of urban legends like Slenderman or Polybius. Uh, It's no urban legend, dude. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. (laughs) Uh, Creepypasta probably dates back to the late 1990s and the early 2000s with stories like Ted the Caver uh, and gained more popularity with communities like Creepypasta.com, the Creepypasta Wiki, Reddit's R No Sleep, uh, which is a place that I vowed I would never go back to. And, <laughs> you, you know, dang it, we're we're back there <laughs> for the sake of the for the episode. Yep. Uh, in terms of search data, uh, I stopped looking at active and started just looking at search data. I looked up creepypasta and Slenderman to try to give us some idea if one or the other was more popular. They both follow a similar curve, although Slenderman has a more uh, dramatic increase in interest. There was almost no interest in either until about June of 2012, mm. where interest in both started rising. Slenderman spiked in August of 2012, probably corresponding to the release of Slender the Eight Pages, a video game where you wander around in a forest and get the crap scared out of you. As you collect pages to learn about Slenderman, I guess. Do you? Is there another objective? <laughs> no, it's like a horror game. Yeah. At the end of the game, if you collect all the eight pages without getting caught by Slenderman, you get caught by Slenderman. <laughs> so that's sort of inevitable. Yeah. Uh, interest has been on a slow decline ever since. Um, looking at the search data as well gives us some idea of some of the more popular creepypastas. For example, in order of search terms that actually had a creepypasta with it, Jeff the Killer, Pokemon, which could have been either the lavender town or um what was the other one the pokemon black mm-hmm. slenderman and ben drowned ben drowned oh, being uh, a zelda creepypasta Whew. a really good one yeah <laughs> i tried to find a size of the fandom and it was even harder than usual there's no conventions mm. there's not really a central place for this uh so i got a couple different numbers for you uh the p- number of people who downloaded slender the eight pages is about six million there have been six million downloads there have been fifteen thousand votes on that the creepypasta wiki has over thirteen thousand contributors 
and uh, our No Sleep has about 12 million subscribers. 12 million? 12 million. That's probably the largest subreddit we've talked about on this show. Yeah. A lot of people not sleeping. Yeah, they're not (laughs) sleeping. (laughs) A rough estimate probably gives us a number of fans in the low millions and a number of dedicated fans probably in like the hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. But like really hard to estimate. I couldn't find a fan census. I couldn't find any sort of like fan history because it's online fiction and because it's horror fiction it doesn't really have the same cohesive community that's part of it part of them being copy pastas yeah a little bit right right the source gets obfuscated and it's just like they're around yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's my short version <laughs> well that's my full version of the fast facts fandom facts on creepy pasta all right, I got a couple things here that's like that's not the why, but is are about creepy bastard. Okay. So first of all, as as I will often do is I'll I'll literally look up the Wikipedia page on the thing we're talking about. Oftentimes I know what's on it already, but it's nice to get a baseline of information and then sort of proceed from there. Did any of you guys look at the Wikipedia entry on creepy pasta? No, actually, I did a little bit. Um, so it names like a few of the most popular ones, like some of the ones that, that T named and like about half of them, it's like, this has been optioned for a movie yeah. or optioned for a series. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh yeah. There's a few that are in production. Slender is like pretty far into production because there's a trailer that released not too long ago for it. Hmm. Ted the Caver. There was one of Ted the Caver yeah sorry that i read the wikipedia yeah. page because that's how i found out what ted the caver was because i was terrified of reading anything that wasn't from <laughs> wikipedia okay like no yes. no word of a lie there was uh, an av club article that talked about the best parts of a creepypasta that makes it effective and that linked to a real page from uh some website which was vengage and i had a page on creepypasta and i'll come back to this later but like that page at the top of it, the source of it, has a link or a text at the top that says, like, this article contains images which people might find disturbing. And they're like, okay, that's fine. So then it, it eventually has an infographic which includes some pictures from different creepypasta. And I'm literally browsing the page like this. I'm like, okay, yep, I can get the information. Yep, yeah, this is good. Because they're not super disturbing or super creepy but they're just on the edge that i'm horrified yeah no i get that i was in a similar state um ben drowned was the first capital c creepypasta that possibly only capital c creepypasta (laughs) i ever encountered and after i finished it i remember being like yeah it was was cool (laughs) but uh i I don't think i had the hooks but i click on the video maybe i did a bit I also just have a note here that I don't know where else in the episode it would fit. Jeff the Killer, kind of lame. I didn't actually read that creepypasta, but I, like, consistently, in what I was looking up, there would be pictures of Jeff the Killer. And, like, that picture alone is pretty creepy. I mean, it is, but, like, the story is so generic yeah. that it feel, I feel like it doesn't have that that juicy detail that, uh, that puts it into the real spooky stuff. Hmm. I mean, yeah, you can say, like, oh, there's a guy behind you. <gasps> yeah, but, like, you know. Yeah. The image alone was the reason that I couldn't read the article on Jeff the Killer. I was like, oh, what was, what was it that was creepy about this, this character? Because I remember 
a long time ago reading about it and reading about the origins of it just incidentally and somebody showing the original picture and how it had been photoshopped yeah but like i couldn't bring myself to read the actual creepypasta because it was scary enough just doing the regular research <laughs> oh i definitely didn't read the creepypasta. <laughs> like, I, ju- I just read the story of it and i actually watched watch a youtube video that's like the 10 freakiest creepypastas out there Jeff Killer's one, but the story's like like too generic to be that interesting. And also lots of lost TV episodes. Yeah. Is like a common thing. Or like a game glitch or something like that. Yeah. According to the fan lore page, those two are the most common types of creepypasta. Really? Yeah, cursed games and lost episodes. <sighs> okay. Let's get into the meat of the discussion. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, I think Creepypasta occupies this weird spot in modern history. This isn't the why, but it's like a, a bit about Creepypasta. Because when you talk about cursed video games, when somebody would have said, it's like, oh, you know, this, this spot was sacred and it's been desecrated and it's mm-hmm. cursed now. And telling stories about that as kind of like either a thing of mourning or like warning or something to that effect. It's like, okay, that's plausible. That makes sense. But in the context of like a cursed video game, it just verges on the ridiculous. I wonder, considering timing and everything, I wonder if things like that Dexter's Lab episode about his dad getting him like a five cent um, like NES cartridge from from a uh, aroma and it being cursed and sucking him into it and all that, if that was like some influence on the whole cursed video game thing with creepypasta Mm. i think that was kind of a common theme in 90s cartoons video games sucking people in because there's something wrong with the game i feel like that's a commentary on people spending too much time playing video games (laughs) probably (laughs) maybe but you pepper a little horror in there and you know you get uh sure ben drowned or i I think i think stuff like that it's because it's like it makes it relevant. It makes it real. Like you could, you could buy a video game from a garage sale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could say to yourself, "I just won't go to any ancient burial grounds." <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like the fact that it's like it was an episode of TV show. Some people saw it, some people didn't, but it could have been you that it, that it happened to. Uh... Like the the fact that it's sort of begins in a place that is real mm-hmm. and then moves on from there is i think part of the appeal it's like people know that it's not real but the plausibility is like an important factor in, the, in, in creepiness uh, so two things mm-hmm. one uh, mm-hmm. which is immediately relevant if you go to the no sleep subreddit in the sidebar it describes what the reddit is about and one of the things that it mentions is everything here is true <laughs> It says that, and it is a link, and if you click on the link, it goes to the frequently asked questions, and it's like, people here are acting like everything is true, is it? And the answer is, no, this is all a work of fiction. <laughs> and I and I understand why that is, because like you were saying, G, it has to have that plausibility to it. In the article that I managed to work my way through, screening my way through it, uh, it talked about the elements of creepypasta that make it so effective. And without talking about the other common ingredients of creepypasta, one of the things, the thing that was most common to all of the different creepypasta studied 
was the first person narrative mm-hmm. yeah and like regardless of whatever happened and what you described it always happens in a situation where you're hearing somebody's first person account of what had happened oh it was a cursed video game and you're like yeah that's ridiculous it's like right but it's written to sound like it happened to somebody it's not like a second person you're not talking about somebody else's experiences or second or third person um it's somebody personally describing their experiences many of the stories uh and in this weird sort of cliffhanger where like it, it might be a series of blog posts that are put somewhere and then they just suddenly stop and you're like oh my goodness did this person die did the thing get them and you don't know because it's from that place of their own experience and you have no way to validate that exactly that's the that's what's where the internet comes in mm-hmm. right it's like yeah like it's a bunch of blog posts like anyone could have yeah, yeah. well and if i tell you that story you're like you're crazy because <laughs> the guy didn't murder you <laughs> yeah but when the blog posts suddenly stop there's this plausible deniability well is this a fiction writer and they were writing something and then they stopped is this an actual person and they stopped because something bad happened mm-hmm. where is the reality in the situation even if it's not something supernatural even if it's something completely mundane or, I, mm-hmm. it can't be completely mundane it wouldn't be creepy in that sense i mean the mundane elements are there though throughout like a lot of the creepy pastas it's like something normal i mean you stepping away from cursed video games and cursed tv shows because those are like normal but <laughs> something wrong with them anyway but like with stuff like Slenderman or Jeff the Killer, or, or maybe not Jeff the Killer, but like definitely with uh, Slenderman, there's like this kernel of like super far out there believability almost. Like Bigfoot obviously does not exist, but there are people who believe it strongly enough to like dedicate part of their lives to hunting Bigfoots down. Hmm. And it's like that same kind of crossover between what is this, like obviously confirmable reality this is just a cell phone and like that extra step where something special is, is given to that item like this is a cell phone that contains the spirit of some demon i trapped in there or something you know gotta work on your yeah. storytelling z <laughs> gotta work on my improv <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> i don't know apparently there were seven common ingredients to a creepypasta. And what was interesting when I was reading the article is that one element is too few and seven elements is too many. Interesting. Seven is actually not too many in a couple of instances, and I'll come back to that. So the common elements were the first person narrative uh, that a murder had occurred, that there was some unexplained phenomena, that there was usually a creepy image, there was a cliffhanger ending, there was a monster or a supernatural being, and there is a creepy video. Very few had a creepy video. That was really low and lusting. Most creepypasta have about four of those elements in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, being like usually first person murder, unexplained phenomenon, and creepy image. Yeah. Or, uh, it was that a cliffhanger. I forget what. So like unexplained phenomena, monsters are also things that came up quite frequently in the different scenarios, the different creepypasta interesting yeah i guess the video is the hardest to uh it leaves the least to imagination so you have to fill in the details real real well yeah i mean it it depends on what it's of like getting getting back to the tv shows and video games they lend themselves really really well to videos because you can like 
with video games, you can do all sorts of glitchy manipulations and that kind of thing to make it look like the things that your story is describing are actually happening in the game. And like with the TV shows, you can sew different bits together to like make that lost episode. Add in some visual effects to like make it look like a crappy old VHS copy. And there you go. There is the real lost episode that you'll die if you watch. <laughs> that is the ring. <laughs> okay so well talking about that have either of you heard of a game called petscop no only in the research for this episode okay only in the research i'd come across this once prior to doing the research and then it came up again in the research uh what's interesting about it is it's only creepy in that it's a bizarre game and actually many bizarre games exist um i think there's one called yume nikkei it's like a horror-esque game where you're a person in a wheelchair who has these dreams and explores these different things, and then bad thing happens at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, there, there are lots of games that are creepy. That's not unusual. Petscop, what's interesting about it is it appears to be this really mundane game that a person triggers some condition that shouldn't happen, and it's not like you're in some sort of burning hellscape or anything like that. Just that you're in this area that you weren't supposed to access, and it talks about a number of game elements that are kind of bizarre and creepy, like for lack of a better word. Mm. Like, I think there's some reference to be like an unbirthing or like somebody's suicide, not directly, but like if you do some research online kind of thing. And so, like, when you're talking about creepypasta, like video games are really easy in the sense to make video or creepy images because you can just make real assets. You can make a real game. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And that that's what's interesting about Petscop. People aren't 100% clear if this was a real game or if it's like a, a hoax made up for a creepypasta. Because it could be either. Mm-hmm. It's probably made up. True. But like, who knows? Yeah. That's where you get into it. That's where it becomes almost more real by being so surreal right because like you don't know you can't tell like is this all in somebody's head or is it actually happening to them yeah well according to the new yorker it is the king of creepypasta petscop petscop really really do they explain why probably (laughs) not on wikipedia yeah i mean probably what might make it more surreal, I guess, is if you could obtain a copy of the game, because then you could experience yourself. Yeah. Because, like, the Ben Drowned thing was happening, like, four or five years ago. It's pretty old. Yeah. It's I, uh, I remember old. being in California for some reason and reading about it, and just, it was creepy, but it was implausible. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely, like, a person's account, and you're like, okay, you're showing me some footage, but it's like, okay, this seems pretty likely to be fake it it, like admittedly yes it does seem pretty likely to be fake but at the same time like me for me personally ben drowned like really got to me because something about 3d games and like glitching out of bounds or like changing the camera angle and seeing something you're not supposed to be able to see like an ocarina of time if you like go to uh, kakariko village and do some stuff with the camera angle and like zoom out like moon jump high enough or whatever you can see a uh a beta blue fairy who is huge 
And I don't know if she was going to be sized down for the game or going to be that size for the game, like the beta game. But like just this juxtaposition of weird glitchy elements and the rest of the game seen from a different angle or a different perspective, just even within like a real game where that is like, quote, a real thing that happens in the game if you just kind of twist it the right way really creeps me out so all that footage of for ben drowned like had my heart racing man oh man yeah i mean it probably helps that they have the the statue which just looks yeah. really creepy anyway yeah and not really like link so what's, what's up there i mean it's a facsimile is link wearing a link mask <sighs> he's wearing a marty beller mask <laughs> nice very nice. Cut. Check out that episode, everybody. Yeah. Happy yeah. <laughs> Giants, episode number 51. <laughs> I don't uh, remember that. I think it is. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, what's interesting about Pets Cop is it's like a let's play of a fictional game, maybe. Whether they created the game or not, everyone is viewing it via this let's play. And so, when I was doing this research, I realized that I had already read. A creepypasta, a 500-page creepypasta called House of Leaves. <laughs> House of Leaves? House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danieluski. It fits, it ticks all the boxes huh. to be a creepypasta. The nested narrative, too, because it's like a guy that finds an essay about a movie or film apparently doesn't exist and so while you're going through the essay you're finding out what happened in the film and at the same time the guy who's reading the essay is like going crazy from reading it okay but the guy who finds a door in his house that wasn't there oh man yeah and then he goes through it and he explores it's very dark but it just seems to go on forever mm-hmm. um, i won't say i won't say anymore in case anybody wants to read it but like as soon as i started doing this i was like man that's that's totally a creepypasta that's how you know classic setup and i feel like that nested narrative happens it's like this guy saw this who saw a video because then it's like if you're a couple steps removed it seems more plausible maybe kind of like it happened to a friend of a friend of mine exactly freaky stories the original creepypasta Or, or I submit for the approval of the Midnight Society. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, this is a question that I legitimately would like to know the answer to before talking more about creepypasta. And that is, what really distinguishes creepypasta from any other type of short horror? I mean, if we were to do an episode on horror, I feel like we would be inundated with way too much stuff. Because it's really hard to compare Alien to Slenderman. Those are like two completely different kinds of horror. Or Lovecraft mm-hmm. to uh, Squidward Suicide. I don't know. I, I don't think those are too far apart because to me, like the difference between creepypasta and, and horror, sort of mainstream horror maybe, is that like creepypasta tends to rely more on the psychological angle. It tends to be more of like this weird twist or this weird thing that really engages your imagination Whereas horror, when I generally think of it, is like somebody running after you in a hockey mask with a big knife or a ghost in the house that like drives their hand through your chest and pulls out your heart or something, you know? 
Right, but that's like the difference between visual storytelling and like literary storytelling, right? Yeah, definitely. So like, if that doesn't spark your interest because it's horror uh, in a visual sense, because it's hard to tell a first person story when you're watching a movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if you take something like Lovecraft, how is something like Lovecraftian horror different from Creepypasta? I, I haven't read Lovecraft or a lot of creepypasta, so I <laughs> might be asking a bad question. Well, like, this is basically coming from my Red Call of Cthulhu not that mm. long ago on a, on a bus trip. Nice. It's public domain, so <laughs> I looked it up. Using Lovecraft as a specific comparison. Lovecraft is more occupied with mythology. Mm-hmm. It indicates that people are scared of and overwhelmed by the different things, but it doesn't try to do that to I see. Okay. It was written in first person, but it's not this freaky thing happened to me. It's like I found evidence that this freaky thing has connections all over the world. Yeah. Right. Okay. And in the case of Creepypasta, they're first person. That doesn't necessarily make it relatable, but the stories are often about fairly mundane circumstances. To drive that point home, there was one that I read uh i wish i could remember the name of it i think kotaku had a list of like the scariest creepypastas or whatever Mm -hmm. i was talking about a person and his wife and one night he gets up uh his wife's not in bed the lights on in the bathroom he goes to the bathroom his wife's not there he goes downstairs to get himself a glass of water when he gets downstairs gets the water his wife is standing there just smiling at him it's like okay that's a little weird and he's a little startled goes back upstairs goes back to bed and his wife's in bed. And his wife was in the bathroom, as it turns out, and had come back. And that's not the startling bit, because he learns that his wife has this phenomenon where she'll show up in different places, never at the same time. And it's like this weird phenomenon, but it's benign. And it's the kind of thing that, like, you might plausibly believe. Like, it's like, it's just a story about a man and his wife, and a man seeing his wife in places that she isn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, like, a little strange. But it's not terrifying and it's very relatable. It's like you could imagine being at a place and seeing a friend of yours in some place that they aren't. Yeah. Yeah. If I knew that G was at work and I saw somebody and I thought it was G, but it wasn't G. And then the next moment they were gone. Whatever. That's just your brain being weird and finding patterns. Mm-hmm. So a lot of creepypasta are like those plausible, relatable, like this could happen to you kind of scenario. Not that different from are you afraid of the dark or freaky? I don't know. The freaky stories and are you afraid of the dark were a little bit far-fetched. Well, freaky stories. They had to go on TV. Yeah. 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 Pasta is the uncensored, unvarnished, like raw horror. Yeah. No filter. Yeah. Well, the thing there that I would say that sets Creepypasta apart is what it does or what it says sort of about the wider world. You know, like going back to uh, to your example, T, of the story of the guy seeing his wife in multiple locations, um, and it turns out to be a condition that she has and all that, that sounds maybe difficult to believe, but it does sound, like you were, you were saying, plausible. So it, like, opens up the possibility of other creepy stuff happening or other creepy stuff existing. Like Slenderman, obviously there is not a two-foot-tall or two-foot-two-story tall man 10 foot tall 10 foot tall yes uh, standing outside my the window behind me off camera staring in you know obviously with that's what? with what 
staring in, you know, just staring in with those empty it eyes have a, behind him. He doesn't have a face. Gotta gotta be able to see some smells. I, I don't know. I, is I, that if, why? Is that why you keep the blinds closed all the time? See, I cannot confirm nor deny that. <laughs> but like, it it's obviously not something that's going to be happening. But like, it opens up some thing in your imagination that just makes you. It puts you into that headspace, you know, where that seems possible. And going back to the whole idea of setting up a pattern kind of like unlocks a part of the brain where it's your brain is telling you okay this pattern is is mapping onto the story therefore the world is a terrifying and horrific place behind the scenes yeah i've I've seen a lot of like people enjoy the world's not what it seems Mm -hmm. there's maybe a little bit of conspiracy theory in there too not not like that can be that they believe a bunch of conspiracy theories but just like the idea that something's going on that we can't see some strings are being pulled mm-hmm. and that sort of has like is more like lovecraft like that there's there's this other yeah existence happening that's just beyond that we can't see a lot of people say they they like that it's our world but like just a little this is something off something a little bit different like it's usually scary so it sounds weird to say magical but magical yeah you might find a, a disused lavatory or whatever, and we open the door and find out what's behind the scary door. <laughs> the scary door. Well, but it's like, I don't know, if we're in three dimensions, it's like one between that. It's like, it's ever so close to where we are, but also so far removed. Mm-hmm. Like, Slenderman is an interesting situation in the creepypasta world because, for one thing, uh, it's one of the creepypastas that actually kind of has that mythology associated with it. Mm-hmm. And it's also interesting because it's of the ones that were studied in that particular case. It's one of the creepypasta that has all seven ingredients. Yeah, there's been a lot of time for it to percolate and have all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of asked on Facebook, like, why do you like creepypasta? And then and then my friend Aaron replied that he liked the Twilight Zone. Um, as an example so it was engaged in really interesting world building without being too far off from the world as we know it mm-hmm. as i was saying it's kind of like magical realism and it will unsettle you and un- evoke a fear of dead without being blatantly graphic with his storytelling yeah it's usually not like and there was blood everywhere and guts. <laughs> it plants an idea in your head that freaks you out yeah. which is the main um goal i mean that would pull you away right like if you were listening to the story and suddenly there were blood and guts, it would make it feel less plausible. If it was too salacious, I was like, yeah, and he <laughs> stabbed him in his, like a geyser. And I'd be like, oh. So I think Jeff the Killer is kind of stupid. It's like he fought off some bullies and then he realized he liked killing. <laughs> and then he's like basically the Joker. And, uh-huh. and I, don't know. I don't know. It's an older meme. It checks out. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which. I have to brag about something that, that does not need to be bragged about and is not worth bragging about. <laughs> All right. I'm 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 looking forward to this. As ground floor for Slenderman. Oh, hey. Okay. I remember reading the thread that Slenderman was traded in before anything else got attached to it. On the, the Something Awful forums? Yeah, it was, like, it was like a make mundane images creepy or something like that. Oh, the Photoshop Friday. Yeah. 
remember scrolling through the thread and being like, that's neat. But there, there, were, there, were, another, there were a lot of other like neat ones as well. But then the thread kind of became enthralled <laughs> with Slenderman because he also posted like little snippets, like, like little stories to go with each of the pictures. So I remember that anyway. <laughs> you Slenderman. Yeah. <laughs> One of those instances where there's just like just enough detail to make it distinct not enough detail for a full picture so your imagination jumps in and fills in those details and sort of engages you in it yeah because he's standing in a bunch of like a like in a bunch of tall thin trees and it kind of looks like him yeah but then his like his non-face is there yeah and then there's like the 1500s woodcut that was photoshopped to look like a skeleton of slender man is taking a child instead of a regular skeleton is he krampus i mean maybe it might have been a woodcut of krampus <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably a woodcut uh, of like the Black Death or something more metaphorical. They've also expanded it to be like the Pied Piper is based on Slenderman. Oh man, <laughs> which I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, that one Slenderman in particular is like a really good example of how meme creepypasta is can be. Yeah, it's like a good example of like the sort of digital folklore. Yeah, the story kind of belongs to everybody. Mm-hmm. Slenderman's like what he does and what his motivations are and what you have to do to summon slash not summon him are all kind of vague Yeah, so you can kind of put on top of him whatever you want it to be so like it has that campfire story feel to it mm-hmm. where you can just start out with the idea of Slenderman and then kind of make your own story and stick him in Yeah, right. what I find interesting is that I want to so badly compare creepypasta to like campfire stories and its foundation being that of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. to some extent that is, that is what it is. But often I, when I think of campfire stories, I think of them as like fables, things with uh, meanings to impart, but often they're not like creepypasta are all about feeling fear. Like that is mm-hmm. what it is at its core. It is not a creepypasta unless you feel afraid yes yeah if you think it's neat it's just fiction or a story but if you feel fear it has the potential to be a creepypasta there was a question that somebody asked on cora which of course started with a really creepy image like yeah that's great (laughs) actually it's it started with somebody making a story that was creepy (laughs) to explain why they like creepypasta which was great so good so good the second answer which was more helpful was that creepypasta lets us explore this space that is very hard to explore normally. Like, we watch movies to feel a certain way, right? Yeah. Either to explore concept or to feel something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's lots of different things. Yeah, like you want to have a good time or get into a dramatic story or dramatic frame of mind, yeah? Yeah. But creepypasta only makes us feel fear. And that's not that dissimilar to, like, a horror movie or something. But the difference is it's usually fear in a very personal sense. But it always comes from a space of safety. I can read a creepypasta and yeah, it might tell me that something's going to reach through the screen and tear my heart out or something. But I know that that's not a thing. Yeah. And if it was a thing, then somebody would post it on the internet. Someone would investigate. It's like, yep, please do not do this. Or like, yep, we found the cursed computer and we did <laughs> like whatever. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. But our brains like the hypothalamus, like the lizard part of our brains are like, <laughs> I believe this. Mm-hmm. And we can experience fear in a way that's very safe, just like we can experience joy or love 
or sadness in safe ways when we listen to music or when we like watch a movie. When we go to Creepypasta, we can feel terrified, but also know that nothing bad is really going to happen. Yeah, it's that fear. And I saw this in a similar thread on creepypasta.com. And some people compared it to like a roller coaster. Yeah. Like it's fear. It's adrenaline. And some people love it. Like just love having that like, and like that gets their blood flowing. They're like, man, I love, I love like finding stuff that will keep me up at night. (laughs) I'm like, all right. Okay. (laughs) I mean, when I read about the dead Bart, which I'd come across a long time ago, accidentally i don't even know how i came across it but like reading something like that it's like thrilling to think of something that is so terrifying like in the story somebody goes up and meets matt graining Mm -hmm. and he's like oh could you tell me more about this episode and to hear about this fictitious matt graining and like the color drains away from his face Mm -hmm. and he's like mortified that other people know of its existence it's just like to have that sense of dread wash over you when you're reading this because it all feels very real. It's like, that's thrilling. And at the same time, if I look up the images of like Bart's melted face, which is from a real episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like there's lots of really creepy Simpsons screen caps. <laughs> but like to take that and to mash it into a story and to like read that, it's it's thrilling. Yeah. It better not exist, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, like, yeah, it's it's thrilling because there's that sense of discovering something that's secret, something that, you know, only a select few have figured out. or It's like getting entrance into a, a certain special secret part of the world. Mm-hmm. A part that you can't leave once you've become part of it. Yes. Once you disconnect from the Matrix. Actually, the Matrix kind of has that. It's just a different story. Are you guys familiar with Bart the General? Like the episode, it was like the second season or something. and It is an episode of The Simpsons, but it is also like a recreation of The Simpsons, very poorly done. <laughs> but like the degree to which it's poorly done is like, like frightening. <laughs> I don't mean like, oh, it's so bad. It's like really weird. I think I might know what you're talking like, about. I feel like it's possible that it was made by someone on something awful. <laughs> In, in its earlier days, but it's like Marge. Marge, you're breaking my heart. Yeah, like, I've seen that. It's bizarre. It's so it's not creepypasta. No, but it's like it sort of fills that same. It's something that you could make a creepypasta about, and it would be totally believable. Yeah, like Bart the General is is a flash animation that a child in the cancer ward and sick kids hospital made and after they made it it made them better but everybody who watched it afterwards got cancer kind of thing whoa there you should be a professional creepypasta writer (laughs) part the general is a series of animated short films made by the group known as blah it is a complete and utter mind screw the sort of stuff that would make david lynch piss his pants (laughs) (laughs) what Homer Omar Simpson is living a peaceful life in the quiet suburb of Duckburg. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. I need to watch this. I mean, I don't. I don't know about that, man. 
was so hard to do the research for this episode because there's nothing there. It was very much like the things that are described in the creepypasta. Like, they're obviously written by somebody. There's an element of truth to them, but there's nothing behind it. There may be a community, but that community is invisible. There's an entire world of people who are fans of creepypasta and is just invisible because there's no crystallizing thing. Like, the only place that unifies them is, like, creepypasta.com or creepypasta wiki or r no sleep but it's just like a loose amalgam of people it's like anonymous it's just like that's it there's nothing (laughs) more to it there's nothing more substantive to it just a big group of people wearing slenderman masks i mean yeah but like with anime fans like there are different places that they coalesce there's (laughs) conventions there's things to like be a part of to be a fan of and you can be a fan of any particular creepypasta but there are thousands because it's just stories it's just like online horror Mm -hmm. well i mean there are there are the characters like the central characters who do get a lot of play in different creepypastas right like there are several creepypastas even maybe hundreds of creepypastas about like slender man or jeff the killer different characters are apparently reused somewhat often but i feel like that's maybe more like the mainstream creepypasta fandom whereas stuff on like are no sleep that's fairly original is like on the fringes where it's maybe more of a community of writers than just a community of readers mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's a lot to the writing aspect of it as well yeah because there's a sense of competition there's been a lot of like People pulling in characters from different creepypastas to make, you know, your creepypasta Avengers. I haven't seen it, I'm just assuming. <laughs> I I think so. I think so. Apparently, like, I, I could only find one ranting blog entry about it. But apparently, as with, uh, let's get serious here, guys. As with every fandom, the fangirls have to ruin it for everybody. Boy. <laughs> No, but I came across right, this. I know, I've got a new idea for my own creepy past. It's about this guy who's a big jerk to uh, women, and uh, <laughs> that's it. Gets murdered. <laughs> anyway, this in this blog entry, this writer Chris X just you know lists the various reasons why uh, fangirls in the creepypasta community are such a big problem, namely that you know they want to treat creepypasta like anime. They want to ship the various characters and yes there is a tumblr all about creepypasta shipping they want to like just sort of basically treat it as this group of characters and like at the i think at the the crux of chris x's problems with these fangirls is that they don't want to dive deeper into the horror elements they just want to scratch the surface where there are these maybe easily digestible characters because they've been chewed up by the meme machine for so long you know sounds like they're not being fans in the correct way that is a big part of it apparently (laughs) god forbid it's terrible terrible i'm not going to agree with that that particular person because like fans can do whatever the heck they like it does seem unusual to me that you would take a bunch of horror themed things and then inject other elements into them but i mean hey that's how you get new genres of things yeah 
I am definitely looking at a creepypasta shipping meme where somebody has drawn lines between all of the various creepypastas. <laughs> and it is just, like, fascinating. Because, <laughs> like, how do you do, like, if everything that I know about creepypasta is that it's from a first person to kind of make it feel like it's real, how the heck do you put, like, what? How do you do that? How do you ship them? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, the whole the whole deal with the first person is that it's like a first person report, right? It's like, this is my personal blog. Today I ate some sandwiches. And the next day, there's this weird guy hanging out my, inside of my window. He had no face. You know, it's <laughs> it's like to build up that reportage style. But the idea is that those characters are still existing in, in objective reality, right? You can do whatever you want with them. I mean, you can. <laughs> it just defies logic (laughs) it makes them not scary which is the appeal yeah maybe to some yeah yes Uh, it's very conflicted maybe it's like like a cynical sort of mystery science theater thing you know maybe they enjoy it by you know taking the piss i certainly would not be able to stomach any sort of extended creepypasta experience without trying to make fun of it and laugh at it and (laughs) be removed from it yeah i mean i guess it's like it's like simpson posting right (laughs) i mean simpson said posting is the glorious jewel in the crown of the internet (laughs) (laughs) no but i mean it's taking something that you enjoy and it enjoying it in a completely different context now it happens to be that it's still comedy but but it's just like taking those those uh characters and pulling them out of that context is the same idea. You love the idea of the character so much that you put them in a different context. And it doesn't matter if other people enjoy that context because you do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say in terms of like putting a different perspective on these creepypasta things, I went to find a video that I'd seen a little while ago. Splendor Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> so these two girls are like sitting on a blanket on the grass and it's like, the video keeps being like interrupted and then all of a sudden a slender man looking guy appears but his suit's covered with all like different color polka dots and he's got a big <laughs> smile and like hands some flowers <laughs> it's incredible even as you were talking about the video being cut out like my heart is like uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it's very unpleasant <laughs> oh, man. oh man okay do you think it's time to get to the verdict? I believe that it is. Okay. Alright, it's verdict time. It's verdict time. This verdict comes from a person to us who I'm going to call Nick T. And he's going to tell us... his real name? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It might be. <laughs> verdict is the part where we try to sum up our thoughts or just say some parting thoughts or whatever, man. This is my show, not your show. You can do it. You can take your own fandom. And... I'm I'm really losing uh, cogency here. Uh, I no. could not nope fast enough. Is is my verdict? <laughs> the easiest verdict you've ever done. Uh, yep. Like, I find it interesting. Pets cop coming up randomly in my feed. Kind of interesting. Not terrifying. Strange. Kind of creepy. But not like. I'm going to die kind of creepy, but reading anything about, well, I'll talk about it in the spotlight, reading any of the other creepypasta just to get acquainted with things, reading about the smiling man, even reading that story about that man and his wife, 
uh, terrifying. And I was reading these in my well-lit room with the lights, like the sun streaming in from the window. It wasn't dead of night. It wasn't like howling winter winds. It was nice out, and I was creeped out. Spine chilled. Nope. Cannot nope fast enough. Nope to this fandom. Nuke it from orbit. <laughs> nope. So you want to go next, or should I? Sure. I can I can jump in. Okay. I want to give it a, a hearty yep. Oh, dang. Oh, what? Yeah. I feel the exact same way reading Creepypastas, even if it's in the middle of the day, even if it's in a, a well-lit room uh, a good distance away from the TV. <laughs> My spine tingles. It feels like somebody's watching me. It feels like the hairs are raising up in the back of my neck, like somebody's behind me. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'd ever get into roller coasters. But man, those creepy fastas! I will get on those roller coasters. Man, even if it means that night, I like turn off the light and then run into bed as quickly as I can, because covers are invincible. But still, yeah, you got to wrap yourself up because yeah. they can't get you when you're in the blanket. Exactly, exactly. If your foot's hanging out, you're vulnerable, man. <laughs> Don't do that. You got to live on the edge a little bit. Come on. I didn't realize I was living <laughs> with such brave people. <laughs> what's the um? What's the uh? What's the draw? Well, the draw for me is that whole. You know, it. Like I was saying before, honestly, it's that whole bit where it gives you enough details where you know things are sketched out. You can see a picture emerging from those details even if it isn't 100 percent documented even if you know um slender man isn't known from head to foot his motivations aren't known what he does to you once you're caught isn't known like there's still enough to hold on to and then it's like reaching your hand into a hole in a cave you know the hole is there because your hand is in there you can feel your hand in there but then you can also feel the formation of the rock on your fingertips and maybe there's some fuzzy moss or something, but your imagination doesn't know that you don't have visual confirmation. So maybe it's like a mouse or a rat's belly or some sort of like terrible beast. Your imagination runs wild with the details that you're given. Man. More simply, it's kind of like Twin Peaks. Mm, something there. Yeah. It's a rich vein. Something normal turned just enough to make it abnormal yeah okay so one thing i forgot to mention yep. about house of leaves yeah was in addition to all that all the nested narratives and things like that it was also it's not met the term is metatextual i can't remember what what the term is but the like how the words were presented on the page would also feed into the story right so this guy's going through a tunnel that's getting narrower and there's a box of text on each page that gets smaller and smaller as he's doing that. I've never had my heart race while I was reading a book except for that one. <laughs> At one point, I stopped reading it. And it was like, it was really, really thrilling to experience that. I was so invested and so like, whoa, physically reacting to what I was reading. Makes me think of that book very fondly. Mm -hmm. and makes me never want to do that ever again. <laughs> no, I'm a creepypasta. I mean, I've read some in the first place, which means I don't have a zero level interest. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes you can tell things or your master, you just like, ah, whatever, scroll past. Yeah. It's like you start reading and you're like, ah. 
see where this goes, you know? I mean, I'm glad we're out of the era of, like, gifts where, like, one frame is, like, someone's weird deformed face, like, right, right in front of the camera. (laughs) Can't take that stuff. Yeah. I think some of the mythology is interesting, so I'm interested to see where we get when we do SCP at the end of this season, Mm -hmm. which actually did come up in doing the creepypasta research, which I was surprised. I didn't think it would qualify as creepypasta, but yeah it does it's neat it's like how i read the the wikipedia summaries of the saw movies uh, i don't ever want to see them but i was curious as to what happened <laughs> i mean that's a different type of horror entirely right yeah that's more gruesome than like graphic torture porn uh, yeah yeah i was gonna think of a scene that sticks out to me in the saw movies and i don't even want to bring it up because it mm. it's just so unpleasant to think yeah. about yeah yeah, as much as I'm into creepypasta, as much as I feel like I could go on R no sleep and uh, get no sleep, I don't think I'd ever, like, I just have zero interest in stuff like Saw or slasher movies. I don't think it's the same thing. I think it's I think it's apples and oranges. Like, yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's not so much psychological as it is just violence. Yeah, yeah. But creepypasta is about planning an idea in your mind. Mm-hmm. And while I will read them, like, a step removed in Wikipedia summary what have you i can't read freaky stuff like that just can't do it it's like you know too hot salsa at a certain point you're not tasting the flavor of the salsa yeah just tasting that it's hot so i feel like (laughs) there there are certain ones that are just like i'm too scared that all i know is that i'm scared and i'm not enjoying the story so like unfortunately myself and creepypasta will be uh two ships passing in the night (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Brief tangent. Have either of you ever read there's they come up from time to time. They're like two sentence horror stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I've read some of those. Those kind of verge on the creepypasta esque. It's just just enough to get an idea out there. Yeah. Yeah, like uh I'll I'll just read one before we move on to the next segment. Uh like an example is like I begin tucking him into bed and he tells me, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. I look underneath for his amusement and see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering and whispering, Daddy, there's somebody on my bed. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, That doesn't freak me out. I just, like, I appreciate that. Yeah, there's some that are creepier than that, but, like... Yeah. 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 Before we move on, I just want to say, that thread, that was, like, why do you why do you read scary stories on, on creepypasta.com? Just a, a twist on an old classic here. Someone at, one, at some point says, "Hey, the jerks are called, and they're all out of you." <laughs> <laughs> to which someone replied, "The jerks are called, but that jerk store burned down ten years ago <laughs> on this very night." But who was phone? <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> oh, that is a nice throwback. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, we're gonna move on to the spotlight. Okay. Spotlight. This week, given the nature of our subject, it was really hard to find a spotlight. I will tell you two failed attempts at finding a spotlight before I give you the only spotlight that I have, which is actually not related to creepypasta at all. So, looking for spotlights, which is usually like a fan-related charity or fan project related to the thing, I looked up creepypasta charity. I did find two related results, but one of them was not what I wanted at all. (laughs) There is a creepypasta called Ronald McDonald House. 
and I will read the preamble and nothing more. I'm sure you've heard of the Ronald McDonald House charity. They provide housing for families of sick kids when they're in the hospital. Seems pretty innocent, right? Well, there's another side to the charity. There's another type of Ronald McDonald House, one that not many people know about. There's one in most big cities. You won't find it by looking. It doesn't have an address. It doesn't have a sign above the door. It doesn't even have windows. No, the only way you'll find it is if you're taken there. That's how I found it. Oh, man. And then the story goes on, and it's like clowns and creepy and shit. I don't know. <laughs> that was a failed attempt at finding a charity. I also found something called the Narrator's United, like night as in nighttime, uh, hmm. charity drive which I believe was in relation to these two girls that murdered another girl to try to summon Slenderman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Unfortunately, it seems like it was a one-time thing. They did raise $8,000 out of their $20,000 goal, um, but I couldn't find anything related to further charity events. So maybe they never existed at all. No, Scary that's definitely thing is that they raised enough money to solve their causes. Ah. <laughs> uh, so instead, what I'm going to have as the spotlight is the race against time. That's right. What? It is that Already? time of year. It is. It is not actually that time of year. We are trying a new thing. We're doing the race against time 3.5 doing a half year thing. Race Against Time is our now semi-annual charity event where we try to raise money for uh, a charity uh, and try to beat a game in 24 hours. What's the game? In this case, it is going to be Secret of Mana Remastered. If for whatever reason the game doesn't release on time, guess what? We'll just play the old one and try to beat it in (laughs) 24 hours. Nice. That is the game. And the charity will probably be the Organization for Transformative Works, uh, which is the organization that backs up Fanlore, which is a giant resource that we use for many episodes of the podcast mm-hmm. if you want to check that out you can go to twitch.tv slash the race against time and you can subscribe on twitch and then when we start doing stuff you will be able to see it there and uh, donate because nothing else is set up for that just yet so that is this week's spotlight because i wanted something to go to a good cause <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it's not just going to be a blog post that mysteriously ends <laughs> but who is phone? <laughs> we'll just have the stream cut out midway and then flash <laughs> a picture of Slenderman. That'd be great. <laughs> no, that'd be awful. But so. uh, while you're waiting, you can head on over to iTunes and uh, hit the subscribe button so you get a brand new episode. We are back ten weeks in a row. We're going the season straight. So hit the subscribe button and you should get those new episodes every Friday. And please leave a rating and review while you're over there. Also, facebook.com slash the next cast, where we now have our January calendar events up and February 1 soon as, as February is, is coming. So you can go over there, check that out. We are also at the next cast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube if you want to know what else is going on with us in addition to patreon.com slash the next cast. You might be asking, what is that? Patreon is a site where you can become a patron of the artists that you know and love, where you can help to support them. So if you wanted to see more youtube content you want to see more podcasts you want us to get deeper into the research those are all things that you can help us to do by supporting us at patreon.com slash the next cast also you get to hear about all the behind the scenes stuff all the works in progress um we already have a february calendar uh and if you're a patron you would be able to see the kinds of things that are coming up 
You can also help us to shape the kinds of things that are coming up. So if you want to do that, check out patreon.com slash nixcast. Even as little as a dollar a month is hugely helpful. Yeah, that's right. What's also right is that you could be watching us record this podcast Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time, of course. That's right. If you go to twitch.tv slash the nixcast on Monday nights at 8 p.m., Eastern Time, you'll be able to watch us, the next cast, record this podcast, Phanthropological. So, (laughs) all the way up here. That's all you got, really? (laughs) And on a high note. Yep. Yep. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they meant. Hi, A. Yes. So, be sure to check us out here live. I mean, we appreciate everybody listening to this podcast. But, you know, if you want to get in and really get into the next cast, get into the Phantropological podcast, the best way to do that is to join us on these live streams because that means you can do some audience participation. You can ask us questions while we are recording. You can ask us, uh, you know, throw in your comments here and there. You can also ask us questions for the following week's episode for a special segment we like to call famous last words. words. That's how you do that segue. That is definitely how you do that segue. (laughs) I don't even know if I need to explain anything. Famous (laughs) last words is the questions and statements that we make before we do the research for next week. Next week, we will be talking about fans of Ghostbusters, the cartoon, the movies, the comics, probably. All of it. Significantly less creepy. Oh, yeah. I mean, originally for this season, it was going to be SCP Foundation, Creepypasta, Ghostbusters, which is like a nice crescendo of like mm-hmm. creepiness to non-creepiness yeah. in the same realm. Didn't work out. But next week, we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters. And so the question for all, all of us is, uh, what are your famous last words about those fans? All right. I already know that there is an Ontario group of ghostbusters for this province in canada i know that there are also like a northern michigan ghostbusters or whatever i don't i don't remember specifically what i want to know is is there a federation of ghostbusters (laughs) like is there an organization that regulates ghostbusters organizations is dan Aykroyd's fantasy reality like the 501 yeah i guess like the 501 i imagine has factions which are different regions or even yeah. uh, what was the star trek one um oh something about red shirts no, no, no. Just like like starfleet or something yeah like it, was, it was something like starfleet and they just had different regions so i want to know is there something that was 50 plus episodes ago yeah it's a little <laughs> while <I'm remembering. laughs> so i want to know is there something like the 501st legion for ghostbusters hmm as a fun aside, I'm also curious, are there people who legitimately, I say legitimately because they believe it to be true, not because I believe it to be true. Are there people who legitimately hunt ghosts that think that the Ghostbusters stuff is legit? Like, they're ghost hunters? Yeah. So, like, are there ghost hunters inspired by the Ghostbusters? Yeah, but, like, really inspired. <sighs> I'm going to okay. maybe do that on the, on the side. Yeah. 
All right. I feel like I already know the answer to mine, but it's it's the only thing. It's the only question I got rattling around the old brain box. So here it is. What I want to know is after the announcement and release of the latest Ghostbusters film, was there a notable drop-off in the fandom because the Ghostbusters were women? Or did Ghostbusters fans who were against the movie for that reason just after their rage, just say, I still like Ghostbusters, just the old ones. Mm. Did the fandom drop off after Ghostbusters 2 because it was bad? (laughs) (laughs) Only the true fans stuck around. Okay, my question is not really about, like, just finding a number, but is there a significant chunk of fandom, let's say? Who are Ghostbusters fans who have not seen the movies? Oh. There were a lot of different things that came up between the movies that could have grabbed people into it, for sure. Because when I was a kid, I, I the first thing I saw with Ghostbusters was just the, uh, the cartoons. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, and I had a bunch of action figures. With Lorenzo Muzak. Yeah, with Lorenzo <laughs> Muzak. <laughs> It wasn't until much later that I saw the movie. I was still young enough to not realize Ghostbusters 2 was bad. <laughs> but I'm just uh, curious. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that went pretty well for our first episode of season six. Yeah. Nobody got terrified and had to leave the room. Mm-hmm. We all have cameras and I didn't see any horrifying apparitions <laughs> or monsters try to murder any of us. or I don't know. Unless one of us was the monster. Yeah. That lamp behind uh, G is looking pretty suspicious. It's kind of lamp monster. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I feel like the weeping angels in Doctor Who are showing <laughs> off its attempt at a creepypasta. Yeah. I haven't seen them, but every time I think about it, I'm like, this seems dumb. <laughs> there are a couple good episodes with them then. Do they move only when everybody closes their eyes? If they are not being looked at by anyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That that kind of works better. That makes more sense. Someone has to be looking at Okay. Yeah. Right. It's not just the blinking part. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I learned something today. There we go. Yeah. That's the most important thing of all. Yep. Yeah. And hopefully you, the viewer, also learned something today. And we'll see you next week. goodbye everybody goodbye goodbye